Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome in and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks. I'm joined by the Kieran Dow to my Mason Mount. It's Justin Peach. Doesn't make any sense, but I'll take it. Why don't it make any sense? Because they don't play together. Yeah, but I know who I'd rather have in my team. <laughs> and that might be a bit harsh because we haven't seen Kieran Dow play for Derby yet. But, I mean, Mason Mount, different story. He's not bad, is he? But... No, he's all right. He, he can do a job. Uh, but the new season, Justin. It's nearly here. Can you smell the new season? Like a fresh cup of coffee coming. <laughs> Is that what it smells like? <laughs> well, I, I, I'll definitely take that. But we are here. It's time for the league table prediction. It's something I've been looking forward to ever since we started this podcast. Because when we look back in this in about a year's time, it's going to be very funny to review. I've just had a 10-day holiday and almost every day... <laughs> It's taken up a lot of my thinking. I should it's, probably ask you, how, how was your holiday? You went to Asia, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Vietnam and Thailand, but that's irrelevant now because it's second tier podcast time. Okay. I, I was just being polite. Just thought I'd quickly ask no. how your time was. Let's talk football. Please. Okay, all right, all right. Jesus. <laughs> right, but just before we start then, uh, just a reminder that we will be releasing weekly episodes mm-hmm. from this coming Sunday because that is when the season has officially started. The idea being that you can listen to it on the Monday morning. Most other podcasts release on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So we'll be there nice and early before all the others. And it also helps us out a little bit. I guess. (laughs) Uh, Just a disclaimer as well. We are recording this on the Sunday. So teams still obviously have a bit of business to do and they can sort out any issues before Mm -hmm. uh, the season gets completely underway. Uh, So we might be a bit out of date with a couple of things, but, you know. It'll be something that we mention as we go along because a lot of teams need a lot of additions. And obviously, as I say, that will be brought up when we... Yeah, yeah. And team. when the season's officially underway and the transfer window's closed, we might do an episode where we maybe adjust the table slightly. <laughs> We've got Ooh. a couple of games <laughs> in, <laughs> so we can change our decisions completely. Uh, right, so we're starting off with the six teams mm-hmm. who we think are going to finish at the bottom mm-hmm. of the championship. We're going to start from the bottom and finish on a high, Justin. Can't wait. Uh, so I think I don't know if this is something you share the opinion of but I very much think the six teams that we're talking about here all have a very good chance of going down yeah they do they are a lot of a lot of these teams have had a very varied sort of summer they've lost a lot of players some have brought a lot of players in to replace them some have only brought in a couple, some haven't brought in any. Yeah, and I think the other thing as well, a lot of the teams that we're mentioning here, spoiler alert, 
were near the bottom last mm-hmm. season. Yes. And they were saved last season, I think, a bit by there being two, let's be honest, crap teams in Ipswich and Bolton. Yeah, really poor teams. Bolton's case, not necessarily their fault with the financial issues. Um, but yeah, very, very poor teams. Yeah, and Rotherham weren't a particularly great standard, but they were perhaps unlucky to go down in, at the end of the day. So, yeah, let me throw some stats at you just before we start. Yep. This century, only nine out of the 57 promoted teams have been immediately relegated. Three of them since 2015-16. That surprises me a bit. Yeah, it, it surprised like, me. It feels like there's there's more that have... Well, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Uh, the lowest scoring, lowest scoring side has been relegated in 14 out of the last 19 seasons. Makes sense. And the worst defence has been relegated in the last 15 out of 19 seasons. So, you might be surprised to know, to stay up, you need to be able to score and defend. That helps. Shocking. <laughs> I know. Right, let's start off with number 24 then. The way we've done this table, by the way, is Justin's done his table, I've done my table, and we've kind of like merged them together. And we'll start off with number 24, which we both agreed on. <laughs> this won't be a surprise to anyone who's listened to a lot of our episodes so far this season. It's Charlton. It's unfortunate because of how high we praised them when they came up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really frustrating that they've not been able to push on. They've lost some good players. They they really have. Uh, this is one of the few we actually agreed on. There were plenty yeah. where we really had teams mm-hmm. very much up and down the table. Yeah. But this is one where uh, when I started putting the table together, I immediately put Charlton at the bottom. Yeah, that that was the easy one, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the reason being the squad looks small. It's seriously lacking in quality. Obviously, last season, their best players were Colin Grant, Joe Rebo, yeah. Christian Bielik, uh, Patrick Bauer, Josh Cullen and Lau Taylor. The only one left of them is Lau Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's your feeling on this Charlton side going into the new season? We've, well, we've said a lot of it already. Um, I look forward to seeing how Chuck Seneke is going to take to the league because yeah. I've got a lot of hope for him in the future. He's, he's a player that might be a bright spot for Charlton next season um, in what will be quite a tricky one. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sold on Chuck Sinicki or uh, the other signings they've made. They, they've made quite a few signings, mm-hmm. but they're, for me, the best signings are good signings for League One top half teams at best because th- these players might turn out to be decent championship players in the future, but... At the moment, I, I just don't see it. The, the other noticeable signings they've made are Tom Lockyer from Bristol Rovers and Ben Amos from Bolton. But pff, your, your face says it all there. They're not spectacular. I know we mentioned Tom Lockyer. Bristol Rovers didn't have the best of seasons last season. No. And Ben Amos himself didn't have a great season. I think he was at Millwall as well. Um, and obviously on Leonard Charlton at some point in the season. He's not really hit the heights over the last sort of couple of years. Um, and so I think it's more Charlton. I think it's just bringing someone who can compete in that area, i.e. the goalkeeping department. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they've got other issues. They, they've got loads of issues. And Lee Bowyer did a great job last season of getting Charlton, not only in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. to get them up. But he'll be pulling off an absolute miracle if he keeps this Charlton team in the league. An even bigger miracle than last season. Oh, much bigger. 
yeah. much bigger. I, <laughs> I, I just don't give Charlton any chance whatsoever. And I've got them to be relegated in a lot of accumulators. I think at the moment they're nine to four to go down. And that seems massive to mm. me. Another price, massive price is they're 15 to two to finish bottom. Yeah. And that just looks huge to me because I, I don't give them a chance whatsoever. Let's move on then to the team we've got in 23rd. It's Wigan. Yeah. What was your thinking behind this? Um, well, I, I had Wigan finished in the relegation zone. I originally, when, I, when we did our first draft, I put them a bit higher. Yeah. But come to think of it again, looking at the squad, they've lost Nick Powell, who really was their X factor going forward. And they've lost their best player in Reese James, who was a loan signing. So immediately you go, well, hang on a minute. And then to add to that, they didn't have a strike who set the world alight last season. Um, Joe Garner, I know he had a couple of injuries, um, and they were about they were without a striker for a large majority of last season. I remember, um, but they had Will Grigg as well, didn't they? But then they sold him to Sunderland halfway through the season for a big price. That's not saying Will Griggs necessarily a good striker at Championship level because he's. Always done well in League One, mm. but never really done it in the Championship. Well, yeah. that's not the point. I don't want to use this phrase all the time, but we're going to shit houses. They, uh, they weren't great last season. They were helped by a good start. I think yeah. at the start, I remember seeing yesterday, at the end of September, I think they were fifth in the Championship, which yeah. is crazy to think of, considering where they finished. Mm-hmm. Their home form was really what kept them up. They were 10th best in the league. They were terrible away. <laughs> absolutely terrible the <laughs> way they only won two games all season away mm. from home oh, which is leads. shocking yeah <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that uh, but the main thing is while quite a few relegation contenders have got better Wigan for me have got worse absolutely because as you say they've lost Reese James Christian Walton Dan Byrne and Nick Powell they've all gone mm-hmm. they've brought in they haven't really brought in too many players they brought in Dave Marshall to replace Christian Walton Dave Marshall's getting on a bit now mm-hmm. Lewis McLeod's Get a lot he, of injuries. He is very injury prone and he never really established himself at Brentford. And then the only other player they brought in at the time of recording, obviously, is Anthony Robinson, who it was on there on loan there last season mm-hmm. and now he's there on a permanent. But it doesn't inspire confidence, does it? Not really, no. They they they're not they need to bring in some play they need to bring in players in key areas. Wide they lack quality out wide. They've had the sort of the same sort of players in and around there for the last couple of seasons i.e. Michael Jacobs Guy Roberts they need because I say they've lost one outlet in Reese James obviously played fullback and went into the centre mid they need a bit more and obviously as well as that they need, a, they need someone up front who's going to score a lot of goals because Joe Garner he's in he's in and out in terms of consistency in the championship Yeah, and, yeah. Gav, and Gavin Massey I don't think is going to hit the heights double figure wise He's a good player to ruffle a few feathers, you know, a Russian Harry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think there isn't much quality, really, in this Wigan team at all. No. Uh, not not as bad as Charlton, but I do not see much in this Wigan team compared to how they were yeah. last season. And speaking of a squad who's got weaker, QPR. Yeah, that was such a weird summer for them. It's been a bit of a dreadful summer really let's mm. start on the players who have gone uh, we have got QPR at 22nd by the way yeah. I, I should point that out uh, they've 
Out of the players who've gone, Naki Wells, Darnell Furlong, Jordan Cousins, Jake Bidwell, mm-hmm. Joel Lynch and, of course, Luke Freeman, they all featured in QPR's most used 11 yeah. last season. All gone. All gone. The most important, of course, is Luke Freeman, who was their best player by quite a distance. Yeah. And he's gone for next to nothing and they're going to really miss his creativity next season. Is there anyone else out of those players who have just mentioned that you think they'll miss? There was obviously Tom, Tom, there's obviously um, the goals that they've they've lost in in Wales and Hemed, yeah. the loan signings, um, Furlong, um, got some good reviews last season. Yeah, de- um, yeah, definitely. Again, at one and a half million, it's a snip for West Brom. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk about what it means for West Brom in a sec. But I like Mar Warburton as a manager. But manager. yeah, his squad in general is just seriously lacking quality into it. Yeah, they've. Obviously, brought in Mark Pugh today. You'd have said a couple of years ago, Mark Pugh would have been a great signing. Um, but I wouldn't say his legs have gone, so it'd be pretty disrespectful to the player. But he's not getting younger, and his best days are definitely behind him. Um, and as Todd Kane, who again, he got good reviews at Hull last season, he was linked with a lot of clubs this summer. Um, so it was a surprise to see him not snapped up earlier in the window. Um, but that's probably a, a, a good replacement for Furlong, I'd say. Yeah, they've they're, they're brought in a lot of players, a mm-hmm. lot of players. Um, but none of them, for me, particularly make me raise my eyebrows. As you mentioned, uh, Todd Kane and Mark Pugh have come mm-hmm. in on the free. Uh, Pugh was on loan at Hall last season. Completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee Wallace has come in. He would have been a good signing eight years ago. But now he's <laughs> in his 30s and, you know... Mm-hmm. I don't think he was getting in the Rangers side. No, he wasn't. And then just finally, the one that's coming today is Jordan Hugo, who's joined on a season-long loan. He didn't really set the world alight at Middlesbrough last season. I'm, I'm sure his best goal-scoring season hasn't surpassed 12 or 13 goals in the Championship. It, it can't be many. I haven't got that in front of me. But last he scored six in 20 games last season. Mm. And in terms of expected goals, he was one of the most underperforming strikers in the league. Well, it, it probably didn't help being at Borough. Yeah, but um, that just means he missed a lot of chances and he's not going to get as many chances in this QPR team, is no. he? Where their main creative player's gone. It's it's just looking like a squad that's got a large turnover and that doesn't bode well in the first place. But when this large turnover features players who have come in mm-hmm. who don't look particularly good and a lot of them haven't even played at this level. Yeah. It doesn't look hopeful for QPR. No, definitely not. It's a young squad and that turnover can really affect the players and as well as that Mark Walperton I think has come out and said that he, there's, a, there's a few more players up for transfer and Tony Leisner's one of them. <sighs> they, can't, they can't lose Leisner. He, he's one of the only players at QPR who I kind of rate, really. He, he was one of the higher appearance makers last season he played one, I think he played the most minutes out of the defence um, so it would be a surprise to see him leave obviously Warburton's going in a different direction footballing wise mm. it's a surprise that he's gone there really isn't it I th- he, I, he needed that move I think QPR's a good team for a young coach I know Mark Warburton's not one of the younger coaches but yeah. he's still relatively inexperienced yeah yeah I know he compared to others so yeah. it, it's, it's a good move it's a good club but it's almost too much for them. To... Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to end well. But as we say, 
all the teams that we're mentioning in this episode do have a chance of going down. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to who we've got at number 21. Mm -hmm. It's Reading. Now, Justin, in your table, you had Reading to go down. You had them second bottom. Yep. Why? They've flirted over in the last two seasons. They've not improved. Their squad still has a lot of players from those two seasons. And they are, they are moving players on. Um, but they're sort of re now replacing them with young players coming through the ranks. And they are talented players. Um, make no mistake about that. But when you're filling your squad with players who aren't good enough in the last two seasons and then mixing them with younger players who don't have the experience, it's not a recipe for success. Um, I know Reading have got, I wouldn't say they've got financial problems, but they've overspent in the past. That's affected them massively now and it's catching up with them. Yeah. I think when we were talking before about how some of the teams were lucky that there were two crap teams in the championship yeah, last season. Reading were definitely one of them. Um, in terms of expected goals last season, they were similar to that of Bolton and mm. Rotherham. Um, in fact, in some ways, Rotherham were actually better than them. So <laughs> well. there you go. Jose Gomez took over in December. And while they didn't improve too much, they did in terms of results. They were... They avoided 16 defeats in 25 games mm -hmm. last season, which is all that Reading really needed when you consider they were in the relegation zone. Yeah. They just needed to try and grind out those points. And that's exactly what uh, Gomez did. Um, as I say, not too much of an improvement in the underlying stats, such as XG and shots per game. Uh, let, let's look at who they've brought in then. Because yep. they brought in Michael Morrison from Birmingham. Experienced player. Experienced player. I'm actually a fan of him as well because he's a good leader and he's great in the air. Absolutely. They've got back uh, Matt Miazga, who's on loan. He joined in January last season and he was actually amongst the top defenders mm -hmm. for stats, which is ridiculous. I think he was in the top five, which is crazy considering he was only there for a little bit and he was at a relegated team. So whether he can go on this season and you know, help them move up the table a bit further. It'll be interesting to see. So defensively, I don't think they're a bad team. I no, mean, seven, there were seven teams last season who conceded uh, more goals. Yeah, than them. they've, looking at last season, they they weren't getting hammered like other teams were. Yeah. They were losing a lot of games by one goal, a couple of goals. Um, their issue has been creating chances and scoring goals. As you say, they were one of the lowest performing for XG. Um, but when you've got a defence with Liam Moore in it uh, if they've got a settled goalkeeper as well Reading can be a useful team but they haven't had a settled goalkeeper for a couple of seasons now um, Liam Moore I'm surprised is still there because I look at ball playing defenders that are quality at this level and I immediately look to Liam Moore um, but as you say him and Miatska Miatska Asuka. My Asuka. I don't even know if that's how you say it. <laughs> the, the American one. Yeah. From Chelsea. Um, the Yank. They're, they're, two, they're two quality centre-halves and probably in that bottom six or bottom four or five that we've mentioned, they've probably got the best defence in terms of yeah. individual quality. It's fair to say. And they've also got Michael Morrison as well. Uh, you add Michael Morrison to that. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a good addition, but their problems lie further up the field. 
yeah, well, that's what I was going to go on to now. It's That's where the real problems lie. Uh, Yaku Mate is a good player and he's probably going to be their main attacking threat. Mm-hmm. He scored 12 goals last season. Um, but they badly need a striker. It sounds like yeah. at the moment they're going to end up just playing a young lad up front. So I, d- I rate Daniel Oda yeah. quite high. He's a, he's a good player, um, whether they've got others coming in. But they've lost Bud Varson, who was useful. He had a decent record from last season, didn't he? Yeah, he scored seven goals. Yeah, and it's something like 12 games, I think, or something like that. It was, a very, it was a very impressive record considering he didn't play that many games. Seven goals in 20 games, yeah, it's not. Um, yeah. yeah, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take So, yeah, they, they badly need a striker, but I'm not sure if they're going to get one. And if they're willing yeah. to give a young lad a chance, then fair play, let's see how he does. But as I say, the same issue with QPR. I mean, you're mixing players that haven't been good enough for a couple of years with younger players coming through. It's not always going to work. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely true. I've always been a big fan of John Swift, I must say. Who, He's a quality player. Yeah, last season he played in like a number 10 role and it fits him perfectly because mm-hmm. in terms of technical ability, he's probably one of the best players out of the teams who will be near the bottom of the, se- Actually, bottom of the yeah. league this season. Um, and as I say, Yaku Mato, it'll be interesting to see how he does. He had a late flurry last season. Yeah. Um, he wasn't necessarily consistent all the way through. He had a late, late flurry of goals. Um, he's got a bit of a temper, which I like. Mm-hmm. In, in strikers he's um, a very physical player yeah absolutely let's move on to number 20 we've got Millwall initially I had Millwall to go down but I changed my mind a bit when I put their team together on paper mm-hmm. and it wasn't as bad as I thought <laughs> I I had them a bit higher mm. I, I quietly rate Millwall this season yeah. and I think they will do better than where we put them do you think yeah, but they've bought. Players. Do you, do, are you saying that? Do you think they've got the potential to do better than we thought? Because at the same time, I'd say they've also got the potential to go down. I don't think they'll go down. When you've got someone like Alex Pierce, who's just been named captain, yeah, uh, and Jake Cooper, <laughs> they're good defenders. They're good defenders. They know what they're doing. They're they're threats in the box. Um, they're both leaders. A lot of teams are going to struggle breaking them uh, them two down. Yeah. Um, adding to the mix that they bought players that wholly buy into their policy of who. <laughs> I wonder who you mean. <laughs> we'll, we'll get onto that in a sec. We'll get onto the playing staff. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is this: that last season they finished four points off Rotherham and. I think they'll be in a relegation battle this season. I I can't Mm -hmm. see them doing much better than maybe maybe finishing slightly higher than we've given them. Not going any higher than that. Uh, I'm not convinced by Neil Harris. He obviously had a good season a couple of seasons ago, but it seems to be on Twitter that a few Millwall fans are starting to turn on him and... He won't last the season, I don't think, if he doesn't get off to a good start. It depends where Millwall lie their expectations because he's had the opportunity to overhaul the squad, which we've been surprised about, given that we we mentioned it earlier on in the summer, how low the squad was looking. No yeah. goalkeepers at one point. <laughs> they've now they still need a, a goalkeeper. Um, but they've they've they have addressed weaknesses in their squad that they had before. I think Conor Mahoney is going to be absolutely key for them this season. Yeah, just pinging in crosses. 
<laughs> well, Lee Gregory's the headline name who's gone, but as mm-hmm. you say, he has been replaced by John Darley Bodvarsson from Reading, who we mm-hmm. just mentioned a second ago, and Matt Smith, the human tree. Bang. Goal. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he does next season because he is the kind of player who just came off the bench all the time for QPR. But it sounds like, well, it looks like they're going to have to rely on him to start a lot of games this season. He's always scored goals wherever he's been. He's he sets not... up a lot of goals as well. In yeah, fairness. and I think um, Smith, Bodvarsson and Tom Bradshaw is not a bad trio to have. I, I, I like the look of, you know... Um, Tom Bradshaw coming in. I know he was injured last season. Yeah, he struggled with injuries, didn't he? Yeah, and as I say, Connor Mahoney and um, Shane Ferguson, they're two quality deliverers of the ball. And Jed Wallace. Uh, and Jed Wallace. They're, they're, they're quality deliverers of the ball. And Con- Connor Mahoney, as I say, is going to be absolutely key for them this season um, ahead of everybody else because I think technical-wise, he's miles ahead of that whole squad. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have some very good players, as you say, particularly Jake Cooper, who... I th- who is a player I really rate, and I think mm-hmm. it's a bit surprising that he's not moved to a uh, team who are high up in the championship. But he will form a nice partnership with Alex Pierce, who, as you say, has been yeah. named captain. Frank Fielding, the goalkeeper, not convinced by. They, yeah, they, he's a second choice for me. He is now. He's not the. I'd say he's not the keeper he used to be, but it's that's probably a, a, the biggest compliment I can play. Uh, I can pay to Frank Fielding <laughs> at the moment, just because I've experienced Frank Fielding. Um, at Derby, um, as you say, they need a, they need to bring in a goalkeeper. I think that that for me is their next priority. It's quite difficult at this stage of the season bringing in goalkeepers. I imagine because everyone's got their number ones and number twos sorted at this point, apart from Millwall. Mm. Well, Jordan Archer's still free. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just finally, uh, before we move on to nineteenth, uh, Millwall did perform surprisingly well in terms of expected goals last season. Yeah. Only eight teams performed better than them, which is weird. But there you go. I don't think they create a lot of chances, so maybe they you know, they obviously put a well, lot that of they did cre- That means they did create a lot of chances. If anything, it means they didn't put them away, which I think might say more about Lee Gregory, but we'll get on to him when we talk about Stoke. <laughs> um, Stoke aren't 19th. We've got Hull 19th. Uh, you had them to finish 16th, so you clearly think Hull are going to have a good season. Is 16th a good season? Better than what we're expecting. Well, what I'm expecting. <laughs> which is why we've got Hall 19th. Yeah. I mean, I we've said before that their two main factors have been Jared Bowen and Nigel Adkins. Nigel yeah. Adkins very much got the best out of a very limited squad and Jared Bowen was unreal. So... My, I think my reasoning for having Hull a bit higher is the fact that Grosicki, Bowen and Tom Eves, I think, can form a nice trio. That's one hell of an attacking three, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, Jared Bowen, hopefully he can s- score the amount of goals if he stays, because there's still time that he, you know, he might leave. Um, he can he can hit the, the same height as he did last season. Same with Tom Eves. I don't, obviously it depends how well he handles a step up. Um, but and we know what Grosicki can do, hopefully on a consistent basis. Mm. Um, but that trio, I think, is 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 quality. And if if Eves can, you know, as as I said, hit the heights he did last season, then that trio should be competing in the top six. Yeah. Let yeah. alone the the bottom six. So yeah. it's 
Well, one of the notes I've got down is that there'll be teams in the top half who would love to have that attacking trio because it's absolutely quality. Uh, They were directly involved in 72 goals, the three of them last season. That is a lot of goals. Uh, Admittedly, Tommy was playing in League One with Chillingham, but he was a one-man team at times. So that could show you. Um, Hull were actually one of the teams I had to go down early in the summer, Mm -hmm. but that was assuming Bowen was going to go. Bowen is so important to how Hull will do the season. It's it's very obvious, and it's that's not the best thing for Hull. Yeah, you know you you want to be picking out players. They've got they still got a very I say a solid team, but mm. it's it's not obviously it's not what it used to be. It's not what it was like under Bruce or even Pearson. That's going back even further. Um, so that they they they've got to milk the the most they've ever done out of Bowen for them to have a good season. Would you say Hull are the biggest one-man team in the league? It's hard to think of another one on the spot, but... I mean, <laughs> maybe it, there's it's a fair argument. I mean, Joe Bowen shouldn't be wearing a Hull shirt next season, really, should he? Well, even even if their shirt... It was linked with Spurs. Even if their shirt is very nice. Um, it is a very nice shirt. I mean, he was linked with Arsenal, and yeah. it looked like at one point that their Arsenal's interest might actually be concrete, mm. but nothing's come of it. 22 goals last season. He's only 22, which is crazy. He should be in the Premier League, really. He'll sign for Bournemouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's shocking that he's not in the Premier League, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. because I, I really think he could play for England. He's very direct. He's quick. At times, he's two-footed. He can play inside left or he can play wide left and get crosses into the box. He is your. He's a perfect winger, especially at championship level. Yeah. And obviously, he's still at an age where he can he can push he can go even higher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as you say, the reason we've got Hall so low is because of the rest of their team, really. And I'm not I'm still not convinced by Grant McCann. Yeah, that's the other thing as mm-hmm. well. He had a bit of a his career's been interesting because mm-hmm. he nobody was expecting Doncaster to get in the playoffs last season. Yeah. He outperformed expectations there, but he wasn't too impressive at Peterborough when he was there before. No, there you go. So, we'll have to see how Hull do, but I, I, I don't think they'll be relegated. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, I can't see them getting much higher I'm unless not, Jad Bowen's on fire. Yeah, I'm not sold on Hull finishing higher, but then again, I'm not sold on them getting relegated. Yeah, but as yeah. you say, any team in that bottom six can has a chance. Yeah, a, a good chance. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that wraps up the first quarter of our league table predictions. Uh, We'll be releasing the next six tomorrow and then so on and so on until we have our whole table collected. We'll see you tomorrow then. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.